Hey guys, welcome to Cult Film and Review, the podcast where you discuss the films you love and no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, put on your red man diapers, mm. all right? Grab your guns, mm. and let's get ready to kill some immortals, because we're talking about Zardoz. So let's start the show. Mm. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother, listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hey guys, thanks for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. First off, I just want to say uh, thank you for uh, leaving us reviews. We got another new review tonight. Also, thank you for sharing us on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook, and just letting people know that you're listening to us. It's really helping. The show is growing, and we really appreciate it. So just thank you very much. And remember to go on to iTunes and rate us. And Five leave us stars. Yeah, do that and leave us a review. All right, guys, so tonight we're talking about Zardoz. It came out in 1974. It was directed by John Borman. It has a budget of $1.5 million. It made $1.8 million in the U.S. and Canada, was filmed in Ireland in the U.S. of A, and it has a rating of R, so it's adult, uh, and it sits at a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so if you don't know what this film is about, in the distant future, a savage trained only to kill finds a way into a community of bored immortals that alone preserves humanity's achievements. Mike picked this film. Mike, why'd you pick this film? For the only reason I pick any other film, guys, it's a cold film. <laughs> and I only pick cold films on this episode, on this show. Just this episode? <laughs> this episode. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't speak much for Return of Oz, but I can certainly say that Zardoz. <laughs> Zardoz is definitely a cult film. No, I, I mean, it's a, it's a film that me and my brother used to, like, it, like we would, like, come back to all the time. It's weird. It would always be on cable, and we would always go to it. And I think it's only because Sean Connery was in it. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, he was, among other things, James Bond, who we loved. Mm. He was also, uh, you know, in Highlander, The Rock. <laughs> so there's a lot there's That's a great great, great great film there's great a lot film. of history there so can i ask you guys a question <laughs> who had not seen this film before i had never seen it before kyle here talking because you didn't introduce any of us what's oh. up <laughs> okay chris here talking uh i had never seen it before either hey guys mike i picked a film <laughs> guys remember that how about the host cody uh no i've never seen this film before but i've heard about it for like the last i would say year so it sounds like cody kyle and chris have not heard it before who are no, also on the show seen it. or seen it yeah yeah we heard it. no we heard it <laughs> for like uh, i would say what he's been saying it for mike's yeah. been saying he's yeah. gonna pick this movie forever yeah, since since we started this podcast mike has been threatening us with this movie it's been somewhat of a dare and I've been telling you every time you do it, like do it. Well, all right, we, fine. Now, do now it, we pick are. It. Now, 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 look what you've won. So, did anyone yeah. go into like any preconceived notions? Because I had not seen anything for this film before, except for the image that uh, Mike showed me of Sean Connery in a man diaper. Right. That's the only <laughs> preconceived notion. It's not a man diaper. It's a speedo with like a. It's uh, a. Wha- it's a with what? A, a speedo? Yeah. It's like a. It's no, like a speedo. It. Look at the picture. It's a. It's like a speedo thing. I will argue this. That's a- <laughs> he's got like a he's got like a. Crop it's like a speedo with like an bullets. attachment. Yeah, like an attachment of like isn't that ammo? Isn't that like bullets yeah, and shit? That, he has belts of ammo. Right, exactly. But that's the only image I had ever seen from this film, and Mike was the only person to ever show me anything from this film. Right. So yeah. That is my preconceived notion: is I will see Sean Connery in a diaper um, <laughs> more than I want to see Sean Connery. My preconceived notion was this movie sounds fucking boring. Like a name like Zardoz, I'm just like, what whoa, is that? Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah. I was intrigued. Hold on a second. If you're gonna critique anything, leave the name out of it because Zardoz is a solid fucking name. Well, in your opinion, yeah. But for me, it's it, it said. <laughs> it What's said, it like? It said this could be a long and slow film. So, Chris, tell me. Let, let's dive into this a little bit. What's it like being wrong? Uh, well, it's because uh, that's humbling. a solid fucking name. <laughs> but continue, Cody. No, I like the name too. I don't have any problem with it. Zardoz. It's a crazy But I didn't even look, it's like I didn't an even 80s look up. It's like an 80s arcade classic. 
Yes. Yeah. Thank That's what you. What it feels like. I didn't even look up the um, synopsis of the film though, so I had no idea what it was about. I went into this not knowing anything except Sean Connery's. In yeah, this I didn't know the. Maker. I didn't know the synopsis either. All I knew was the cover art of the box and Sean Connery in whatever you would describe that piece of clothing as. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, a film that we really need to talk about when we come right back because I think some people are going to have some questions. <laughs> You know what? When you see a sneeze coming, you can't stop it. You just ride that train home. Zardoz speaks to you, his chosen ones. You have been raised up from brutality to kill the brutals who multiply and are legion. This end, Zardoz, your god, gave you the gift of the gun. The gun is good. The penis is evil. The penis shoots seeds and makes new life to poison the earth with a plague of men. All right, guys, we're back. We're talking about Zardoz. Uh, so, uh, first off, is this a cold film? Hmm. I feel like <clears throat> I feel like it because of the subject matter and because of who's in it and because of all those other factors. I feel like it should be, but I don't feel like it is. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I think it is, but I don't know if I want it to be. <laughs> what about <laughs> you, all Mike? Right. That boy, yeah. I don't think it's a question. It's a cold film. I feel. I feel like people. Like this film has, you has feel a like cold people, people talk about this all the time to you. No, I mean that, uh, you that's know what's ridiculous though. But not all cold films are things that people talk talk a bunch about. Like I feel like this film has lived on because of its uh, weirdness uh, reputation. Can I say this? Like yeah. as a person who had not seen this film before, and like what I got, I I think this is a quintessential cold film. Like I mean, I think this is uh this this might be one of the the leaders. Of as like one of the, maybe like the I don't want to say first cult films, but an early, an early entry. Yeah. I, I think I think it's the quintessential <clears throat> concept of a cult, like like a film that tried to be really big, and then and like came out bad, bad, and then people were like, okay, but we still like it. Yeah, <laughs> like I feel was like that's like, what Zardoz is. Critically speaking, was it well received? No, no. Was it? I it mean, didn't make it, a lot it, of uh, money. It only yeah, it only made. 300k over its budget yeah a hit so how, like do we have any idea how it did on like the home video market i'm a, like these things matter when you come in when it comes to talking about a cold film I mean, I'm gonna, most I'm of the movies we Zardoz do probably didn't do well well no. that's the thing most of the movies we do the only reason they're popular is because on home video they found an audience that loved that that loved it. And I'm gonna tell you what I, th- what I think. I think this film does well primarily because it's a film, a Sean Connery film that yeah. didn't, that is like ridiculous. That's out of this world, ridiculous. If you take an A-list still- actor, like a legendary actor, and you jam him into the worst fucking film of all time, yeah, feel, you're probably gonna get a gold like, film. I still feel like there's a there, there's a huge collection of people that don't know what this movie is at all. Oh no, I agree with yeah, that. I don't but think that's that's, film that's up a lot cold films all, in but, general. Yeah. Uh, when you, I, mean, I don't see it. None right, of us have... watched Pieces before it came, <laughs> yeah. and that's a quintessential cult film. We never ever saw it. Mm, okay, I agree, Mike. I agree with Mike on that. It's, it's like I, I and that's what I think is this is makes it a cult film, and it may not be a bigger like one of the bigger cult films, but I definitely think this might like to me. I, I almost feel like it's an important one. All right, you changed my mind. I'm agreeing with you now. Okay. Well, that's good. It's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cult film. No, because I I feel like this. I, I feel like this is like one of the first of the. It's so it's not one of the first because you had all the ones in the fifties, the sci fi movies and all that stuff. Like, but this is one with a big star that is like literally out of this world ridiculous. I don't know. Plan Nine is pretty out of this world ridiculous, and had a big star. In Bella Lugosi, right? But I mean, the, again, uh, like you're kind of justified, like even more so now that like why I already, this I, be... I already said I agreed. With no, 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 I know. I'm just I saying said I like, changed my opinion. No, I know. I'm just saying like you you've even defended it even further. 
Boom. <laughs> Dropping bombs tonight, Kyle. <laughs> Dropping God, bombs you, tonight. You, you know what? If this microphone wasn't attached to a boom arm, I'd drop it. Because this film does have all the weird and strange and like, yes. what the fuck am I watching elements <clears throat> of uh, uh, what I think is a quintessential cold film, too. This is just my personal opinion. This I don't is know not... if I agree with you, though, on the so bad it's good aspect of it. Really? Maybe, that, maybe that's where I'm getting hung up. Can, can it, the other it... guys back me up on that? At no, all? I'm not going to back you up. <laughs> Here's I what I th- will. Go on. I Thank will. you, Chris. Me to a degree. I'll like, give the floor to Chris. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think. So saying this is so bad, it's good. Like, it's not really bad. Like, like there's a lot of merit to it, but like, it's not really that interesting or easy to follow. So it kind of just gets lost. Thank you. That I mean, you perfectly. Su- you perfectly summed up what I wanted to say. I'm gonna make you wait a little bit longer, Mike. Okay, go ahead. I think that the difference between this and something that um, you know I'll reference somebody mentioned on our our Instagram account the original Nilbog like I don't agree with that at all because I think Troll Two has something completely different and completely unique about it and that it is a hundred percent so bad it's good Troll Two has an easy to follow plot very memorable lines very memorable everything like it it's 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 an event watching that movie. This movie is not an event. This movie is a well-shot and well-made film. I will agree with that. But, Mike, don't even try to defend it. You fell asleep pretty much the whole time we were watching it. <laughs> Wait a second. I warned everybody that this was going to be a tough watch. And, and Zardoz is a tough watch. Okay, am I the only one who did it's not a- have a hard time watching this film? I think so. Uh, apparently I mean, so. Because I rented this movie three times. Let me tell- I- <laughs> <laughs> I, I be, and I am not that excited about it. Let like, me, how's I, that Amazon bill looking? Yeah, it's looking like, and the reason is because I did fall asleep, and I even started this early. Like, and I had the put, sun was up, it, and you... put, it put me in a trance to the point <laughs> where, like, I was like. I just lost track of what the fuck is happening in this movie. The whole time and like, I was trying to figure out what was happening. I think that's what kept me going. I'm like, what is happening? It made me not care. It made me like really not care that much about yeah. what was happening in the movie. I'll agree with that. <laughs> Mike, Mike, what's your defense, though? The difference between this and Troll 2 is that Troll 2 does not try to take itself seriously. Right. And this film tries exactly. to take itself very seriously. Yes. Like, this film, in the cinematography, the whole plot of it, like, you can tell the director is like, no, this is, this, Wait I'm, a I'm, I am making Wait a message Wait a minute, here. though. We actually had this exact conversation on Troll 2. And, oh, you're right. And and the writer and the director took the film incredibly serious because it was a serious commentary on vegetarians and shit like that. Yeah, there was like, a serious, is, hold on. there was a serious, there was a serious <laughs> tone to it. They thought they were making pure gold, which hold is on. what makes so bad. It's good films. Yeah. But like good. we can, we can say that about Ed Wood too, but like, let's be honest. Like, like there are the people like the, 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 the Tommy Wiseau's and like the Ed Woods and stuff like that. They're like, this is amazing. And they're, they're so out there that they're doing weird things. This film Let's be honest, like the cinematography of it, like how it's presented, none of it is is too <clears throat> out there that it's like it's not like like generally mainstream. It has a mainstream feel to it. There are just little parts of it. It's just constructed in such a weird well, way. The argument, and the plot of it is so hold weird. On, though, the argument that Chris May and I agreed with him is like it is a very well shot film. I will hundred percent agree with that. Technically speaking, it's fantastic. I think the, the, the director of photography, who was in charge of that shit, got some really unique angles, unique images, and the lighting and stuff, and the, co- the, the splash of colors that was used, I thought was fantastic. Right, right, but what I'm saying is, is okay. But it's a bad film, but I don't think it's so right. bad it's good. But it's, it's, it, it's, it's not a bad film, like, in it, it's not layered with bad. No. Right? <clears throat> it's little weird things that seem misplaced. It's like, boring. Like, I, oh I, my God. Okay, yeah. so here's a big stone head that's flying through it. Okay, nothing I haven't seen in fantasy films. Nothing I haven't seen in like a sword and sorcery film. Right. Nothing new that. Until it comes down, and then all of a sudden it says, the penis is bad. And then all of a sudden you're like, where the fuck did that come this from? Is the penis is evil. <laughs> yeah, and, the penis then, and, then it, and then it vomited, vomits guns. forth guns. That's right, right. Which is fine. With I have a no bunch of guys in that. man diapers. But, and you're like, but, why are they in man diapers? At, it, there are little, it's like, it's like, it's it's a bunch of stuff 
that is is pretty mainstream. And then there's all these weird little layers to it that are like, where the fuck did that come from? I don't I don't know, man. Because like the whole time he's in, painted on let's just call it, let's just call it Immortal Land because I don't know the, the vortex. Name. He's in the vortex. <laughs> is that what it's called? The vortex? Yeah, the vortex, which we have out here in Sedona. I'm gonna go we with have eight. I'm, I'm gonna stick with. <laughs> I believe. I'm gonna stick with Immortal Land. That whole the segment worst part of Westworld is so boring. That whole segment is so incredible. It adds nothing. Adds nothing to I the love, film. I love it. I, I think it does add something, but I'm with you. Like it gets the, the, interesting. The story, the story is the problem. It's not the visual aspect of this yes, film. I agree. It's the fucking story and the script and the dialogue. But and that's I'm, what I mean. It it tried really hard to be a mainstream, well, I, it, it tried to be a sci-fi poetic film, and be yeah. poetic and serious. Yes. And then it just failed on so many. I'm right levels. on Mike's level. I'm on Mike's level. Yes, but I'm on I the level too. But it I, wasn't entertaining. Yeah, That's exactly. The That's that is the problem I don't because think because <laughs> because what? I don't think anybody's saying it was entertaining. I am. I mean, well, Cody, <laughs> Cody, Cody okay. is. So are you still on his side? I mean, this is the thing. We're not arguing about the merits of the filmmaker and how it was produced. We're simply arguing this, the fact that. This is a really boring fucking movie, and it did not keep me engaged. Yeah, but <laughs> Troll Two is not boring for the very opposite reason. Right? It doesn't. It's yeah, yeah. I okay. I agree. Maybe the filmmakers said they were like, "Oh yeah, this is a serious film about vegetarianism," but they do it in such a fucking like slapsticky, crazy way that, that they, the that whole they film feels that way. Yeah, but that's, Zardoz that's the, bounces that's the, back and forth between complete boredom yeah, the total, and then some absurdity that shows well, dude, up out of Mike, nowhere. The, Mike, Mike, the on. total joy of Troll 2 is that they thought they were being serious. They thought they were making a great movie. That's why when you, you that's why So Bad Is Good exists is because the filmmakers thought they were making gold and they turned in a turd. That's this movie. No, it's not. You don't no, think they, they were thinking? You don't think they thought they were making gold when they made I, this movie? They didn't turn in a turd. That's what the argument I'm making. What do you? What, what did they turn in? A pee? No. Well, okay, that might be a great analogy for we to stick with poop and pee. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, they might have thought they were making gold. Visually speaking, I will agree. Yes, they made something very experimental and very fucking awesome from a story standpoint standpoint from a pacing standpoint from an acting standpoint it's garbage so maybe maybe that's the secret recipe for making so bad it's good you have to fail on all fronts while thinking you're you're doing god's work <laughs> but they didn't do it in this one Zardoz's it's not work, good by the way Zardoz's work they tried to almost get too experimental with this film. Like, like they really, they really fucking laid it down. Like, maybe they just saw the Holy Mountain or something, and were like, "That's what's gonna be big. We got to do shit like that." And just didn't That's a good really argument. pan out right. Because you know what, I did. I mean, maybe I'm the obviously Chris agrees with me. Maybe you guys do. I definitely saw some. Uh, some imagery of Holy Mountain in this. I don't know. Sure. I don't know which one came first. We'll have to look that up. But I don't know which one came first either. But they definitely both share a same vibe. Yeah, yeah I I don't know, man. I kind of went on a different journey. So I opened up with the film and the the floating head and talky speech. Uh, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And then you just get um, a floating head, and then Sean Connery in a floating head shooting a guy. And I still was like, what the fuck is happening at this point? I mean, I think that's how the plot of the film is supposed to play out. You know, like, you're not supposed to know. Yeah, that that there's there's trying to set like basically a revolution in a weird way. Well, yeah. No, I don't know if it's a revolution, but. Well, I mean, I don't think that. Well, it's it's that, it's well that, the God is oppressing them, so I guess it would be a revolution no, I, from that. I don't think Sean Connery knows what. I don't think. He he go he goes in there as an exploratory reason. Yeah, it yeah. Turns it turns into a revolution. His curiosity. Is the whole reason he's even on? He questions. The head. He questions why why a god would be so. Yeah, he questions the faith that he has right. because he read the book Wizard of Oz and he's like, oh, in that book it was just a dude. Right, and, that, and, and let's be honest, that's that's the big reveal in this film. The big reveal is is that that he got this whole idea because he read the Wizard of Oz and he realized there's a man behind the curtain and he said, well, wait a second, am I? just yet another person that is believing that a man is behind this curtain. Yeah. And or are we doing the bidding of somebody that is pulling right. our strings? Which then they plan right. they plan to invade the, the vortex. 
Yeah, he gets a small group of people to 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 essentially right? that would be like a revolution. But I but yes, but what I'm saying is that I don't think that Sean Connery he they can't possibly have it all planned out because he has absolutely no. no idea what's in that fucking head. He has no. absolutely no idea there's a bunch of people behind it that are you know he he must. I believe he believes for a second that wait a second I don't think this big giant stone head. I I feel like there's somebody smaller. Yeah. In it, and I feel like that person is probably someone just like me. I think he understands that, or at least tries to figure that out. Um, I don't believe that they, they, they could have any idea that there's an entire society yeah. of aristocratic assholes right. that, that just kind of like well, live their well, life and don't the, have sex. I, I don't know, because they meet him at the wall of the vortex, so they know yeah. where the wall of the vortex is. That, see, and that's a part of this film that I'm kind of like... It doesn't make any sense. That's a part that I don't understand either. No, because this was a plan. This is the, That's the thing. Right, right. But how could he have known? How could any of them have known well, that? Because yes. you just walk right into it, Mike. It's fucking clear. Well, and no, if you're trying no. to go no, that way the in the no, desert, but, no, no, no. you saw <laughs> these people there. Yes. They all converged at that lo- location yeah. at that yeah. time. So, it's like, is that the first time that's ever happened? Yeah. How do, you know, are you serious? No, because they, they had a plan. What, did he give them fucking coordinates? No, they they go, had a map? Then no. Yeah, no. He knew. They knew where the vortex was because he, he read the book, right? And they came up with the plan of him getting in there. So they obviously knew that no. something was fake. Do you think? Do you they think they knew it. that there was a weird glass wall? They had to have, right? there that was pre- like I can't go beyond this fucking cliff. Like what? I tried to jump off. I did. It's <laughs> part. It's part of the story that I feel like just doesn't make any sense because it. it does, you, there's no. There's no point in. Well, there's the film. a lot of. That there's no make point sense. in the film that connects the dots to Sean Connery climbing on board the head. He has no idea what's on board the head. Turns out it's just a guy. So his suspicions were found. It's just a man behind a curtain, basically. And he has no idea where the head's taking him. He's just along for the ride. So there's no there's no point in the film where you can clearly state, like, oh, here's the moment where he organized that these guys would be at this location because they have no idea where that location is. Oh, we know the location. Oh, my God. But anyways, we go to the location and we watch Sean Connery run around for about fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. going through. Yeah, get freaked out by by a ring projector. Yeah, yeah, which was basically like Siri before Siri. Yeah, it was. kind of. Yeah, I actually thought bit. about that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I thought that was kind of like I was in. And then that's when I was hooked. You got me right there because then the image of the eye was flying around the room, and then. Okay, I was like, okay, what's this film trying to say? And that's, I think, what kept me going. Like, I didn't find this film boring at all. Uh, the pacing, yeah, I'll agree with you on that. It could be a little quicker. This comes in, I think, at like an hour 48. Yeah. Like, it's it's long for what it's, it could have said a yeah, little bit Yeah, I, I definitely felt like when I was watching, they could have easily trimmed off like 20 minutes. But, like, the acting, I didn't think, honestly, I actually think the acting is pretty solid. Yeah, I think it's pretty solid. I don't know. I have no complaint about Sean Connery's acting. Nope. I think or any of the great. acting. In it. And and some of the female leads, they yeah. were good too, but the rest of them were just kind of whatever. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought I, like I was telling Chris earlier today. I mean, there, well, half there, of them are comatose. There's a few there's a few things that there like there's a couple things that I'm going to actually that I'm going to absolutely praise this film for. First I already mentioned was cinematography the way it was shot and actually Sean Connery's acting. He's a trained actor. It makes sense that he would be able to act in such a Horrid role, but still give it his all and do a great job. I don't know if he gave it his all, but I think he gave he it what. He doesn't have it... a lot of lines or anything. No. Like he doesn't really. It takes a lot of good acting to be, act with no lines, though. Would you agree? His movements were really good. I felt. Oh, what about that? Was that him? Do you think that jumped down the side of that cliff? No, you remember that shot. But I remember that and thinking about that shot. Like, damn, that's that that's hurt. a that's a that's hell a of a fucking stuntman move right yeah. there. I'd hate to be a stuntman that day, but I don't think it was Sean Connery. Okay. It was pretty impressive. He kind of disappears behind a rock before he comes flying down. Mm-hmm. No, I thought the acting was 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 pretty good. Now, again, going back to the dialogue, yeah, that shit was ridiculous. Yeah, some of it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, but that's also what I found like intriguing about it because I was like, "What? <laughs> like, what are you do? What? Like, what, what? Like, just like the whole arguments and the voting process and like what the like, mind I love, fights. I love, I love when they're having their yeah, they're they're yeah. transcending or whatever the hell they're doing with a and uh, is it friend? Friend, yeah. friend friend's like, old. I'm not gonna do it with you. Ah! And they're like, I don't know what they're saying actually. I think they they turn them into two face. 
Yeah. I love <laughs> Did I make that joke? No, we we joked around that one, who sounds that he sounds like Bane. Oh, we joked around it sounds like Bane, but they but he becomes Two-Face at but the end of the film. But he turns into Two-Face. Yeah. <laughs> but they go through this they go through this weird <laughs> they go through they basically cap considered the, themselves capturing a, a wild beast and they get in these Huge philosophical arguments over if he should be studied or not, and and, right. and like this kind of, like that's that's the most interesting parts of this film. I feel Are those philosophical debates. Yeah, because it it feels like some. You know what it feels? It does feel like something that you imagine, like aristocratic, like like people that like mo- like that like went across the ocean and saw people that were like well these people don't have this the capabilities that we have like you know like 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 Columbus crossing the ocean and seeing native americans and saying like well they're obviously lesser people than we are so we- maybe we should treat them a certain way like i felt like that like he was trying to say something about how um aristocracy looks at like lower class people and then uses them but almost so much so that it turns into that they question whether or not they're even like humans. Well, I mean, it, like it also turns into slavery in this movie, like like, like the yeah. Dred Scott rule and shit. Like, I mean, it's like I didn't feel, I didn't get, maybe this is just me, but I didn't get an aristocratic feeling from them. I actually got more of a what? scientific. I thought these people were the epitome of idiotic, like what what like I don't feel like any of them had any greater knowledge of science other than they actually used it any more than i know about my fucking iphone mm. you know yeah because it like was if i the... gave a caveman my iphone and i was just like oh, this idiot doesn't the, understand uh... it do you understand it well i mean not really but no because their computer system was basically running everything uh yeah. the, what was it the treble the trouble the treble the trouble you're supposed to know these things the treaty i have no fucking idea what uh, i'm talking about the trouble with trebles with the tabernacle the tabernacle the tabernacle that's yeah. right yeah, the Thank tabernacle you, was the one that had all this because that's they'd just be like tabernacle hbo boom hbo come on yeah tabernacle hbo but not in a movie yeah showtime boom showtime. cinemax cinemax so I feel that, like they were they were just as much of a slave as well. They were slaves. They to were their own. They were slaves to their 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 boredom. Well, yeah. they're yeah, they're slaves to their immortality. Yeah, and that's what they're slaves. I think fucking, that was the understanding of it thing. was yeah. that if, if they became they when you when you get to the top when you're at the top of everything there's nothing else there's to nothing accomplish. to fucking do. Yeah, so you you kind of like. You kind of like uh, what's the word to use? You kind of obsess over getting back to the bottom a little bit, right? But you don't want to get there too far because you're afraid that you're like you know you might you know. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I think that's that's more that I think that's more closer in line to what the message was. Oh, and, and keep in mind they're also doing something that is that is, that is very odd. Not odd, but like. So they have this disease that's going through their entire ranks and like turning them into basically comatose. Yeah, zombies. Zombies. Apathetic. And they're doing the, the disease really of apathy. Fucking nothing about it, except feeding them. Like they're feeding them. They're just kind of like whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like they know that, like to some extent, like well, there's well, two diseases going on, right? What are the old people? What was that? The deal? old people is the that renegades. They, they could, they could, they could age someone. And if you got aged too much, you just lost your wits. No, I thought yeah. the renegades were kicked out because they were against the common. They were they were the scientists yes. that came up with the idea of the immortality or something like that, yeah, and yeah. then they um, realized that they had created something that was ultimately going to lead to what it did. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, there's going to be a bunch of fucking assholes that are bored all day long. Right. So they were, and so they, they fought against out. it, and immediately their kids said, "No, we don't want to give this up." So they, mm. uh, they, yeah, there's a lot of layers. It's like an onion. It is. It's a lot like an onion. It's like an ogre. Yep, like an ogre right there. Well, oh man, it's a couple episode references <laughs> back right to there. Motherfucking Shrek, son. We always end up. What are we gonna do, Shrek? Um, when are we gonna do Shrek? So, does anyone have any favorite characters in this film? Not really. <laughs> Sean Connery's got to be. I it, am. Man. It's everybody. I, right? I am a big fan of the floating head. It's not a character. You, it's so hard to I didn't feel pick, for if the I mortals. Pick, if I had to pick one, it would be Friend because he was the most human-like, human-like, and most ridiculous and most flawed of the entire group. I feel like, yeah, let's talk about Friend a little bit because he's he's definitely the most uh, vocal, flawed. Well, he's kind of rebellious. All of it, 
yeah. little bit. It's almost like he's gotten to he. It's almost like he accepts the fact. That, okay, we're like bored as fuck, and what are we gonna do about it? But he's kind of like he's a leader to some extent. Like you, you have to imagine that the yeah. rest of everybody looks at him as kind of like what's you know, friend is kind of like out of his fucking mind sometimes. Kinda you know, doesn't fall in line like the rest of yeah. them do, which I like. I think he'd be my favorite too. Yeah, I mean, they ultimately punish he offered, him. He he definitely offered the most. Uh, I feel like character. Maybe I don't know if he's development is a is a safe thing to say, but he offered the most uh, dynamic growth as he, a character. He was the most interesting, and and he definitely represented. I feel like he de- represented most closely to like quote unquote the common man. Maybe in my mind, I I took him as his, he was the cynic. Yeah, like he had grown so to the point. Like he's the one that like. He takes uh, he takes uh, uh, Zed over to the apathetics, and you know there's that really uncomfortable, weird scene where like the first rape. thing, the first yeah. rape of the movie, the first is rape. it the first? I mean, Jesus Christ, there's like so many in this one. I think it might be the first rape of this movie. No, it's not. No, there's the beach scene, right? Yeah, there's yeah. The beach. Re- you're forgetting the, be- the beach, the beach rape. rape. <laughs> She's in a damn cargo net. It's like, I mean, holy cargo shit. net he, rape. So, so Zed does exactly what they bred him to do, which is to be a fucking savage. Yeah, and um, he's telling him like, go ahead and do it. Like he doesn't give a shit. Right, and, and, the, and I feel the like pathetic doesn't doesn't respond with anything. So with anything, bored. right? So, he, so oh. his his attitude about everything is he's kind of. He feels like a guy that's pretty much given up. He doesn't think he's going to fix the society in any way, and he doesn't feel like Zed is in any way anything more than a, like a sense of entertainment. Right. But I feel like he also kind of like there's a reason why he hangs out with him a lot, and I think it's a little bit to... Um, I think he wants to understand him more than anybody else does. Right. Yeah, I think he wants to... It, it, maybe he feels like if he hangs out with him more, then he gets a better sense of what that life is like and being s- part of that life by proxy in some weird bizarre way well you get he's a he's a, a mortal and then he is getting a sense of mortality basically through him i also think that he's also he might be the only character in the film that looks at what? zed as not just like an animal to to be played with but yeah. actually like i mean he, he, he's a human that like he just experienced a different thing, and I kind of want to know what that is. But like, what's the point? Do you think he's it. looking for a way to die? Like, yes. and he, think, yeah, and he yeah. thinks oh, that he he's trying to provide that. He's, he's looking 100%. for a way to kill everyone. One hundred percent. Yeah. So, I the, can we can we just bring go back to that scene really quick where sure. it's that uncomfortable scene with the apathetics. Yeah. When he fucking throws that girl like backwards into the hay, that was so. I didn't know whether to laugh or feel bad about it or what, but it looked like a seriously like real fucking like he just picked this girl up and chucked her. He probably did. Yeah. I mean it didn't look like a rag doll. <laughs> it looked like a woman that went on a little journey there. <laughs> that was bizarre to me. I don't know. <laughs> it went why. on a Sean Connery journey. There were so journey. many of those kinds of moments in this film where yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like oh, it's man. like not even surreal. It's just I don't even know if I describe it as surreal. It probably is technically surreal, but when Sean Connery enters like the mirror prism and he like lifts his arms up and, and floats slides down he it. floats like slide sideways <laughs> in and I'm just like watching like, twinkle fingers down. What the down. fuck am I watching? I, <laughs> I like, laughed so hard at that. I, I thought so it was like, the greatest oh thing God. ever. I thought it was the greatest thing ever, which it reminds me a lot of another movie, and I kind of want to talk about that to see if someone else in this room thinks it was an influence when we get right back. The monster is a mirror, and when we look at him, we look into our own hidden faces, meditate on this at second level. No. No. I will... I will not go to second level. No. No. All right, guys, we're back. We're talking about Zardoz. Uh, Let's get into uh, maybe what you uh, think this film is about or the ending. We can talk about that and uh, the bizarre. I want to, uh, you know what? I'm going to, I want to take that question. I want to deflect it back at you because it sounds to me like throughout the recording of this episode that you were definitely 
the biggest supporter of this film. So I I want to I want to find out I, where you're coming from, what you think the movie's about. I, I definitely think it's about classism. I like even with the different like as far as like you know like keeping your old around and just feeding them, you know, and mm-hmm. then like even keeping your sick around and just like barely taking care of them because they're they're yours but you're ignoring them as as the problem but they're your own so you you know right. you keep them and then the outside world is nothing but brutality and beasts and like you don't understand how their world functions and you look at them as less right then, yeah. yeah i mean and the, and then the odd the odd twist of it being is that i mean the, 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 i'm imagining what was his name peter what was the, zardoz's actual name what was his name zed no no zed no, was no, Sean sorry Connery. it was um Arthur. Arthur. Wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was I Arthur. I think it was Arthur. Um his it seemed like his whole plan of this he he was trying to separate these two cultures the much, as much as he could. Yes. But at the same time he's like I can exploit this this other cast of people. Yeah. Oh, I thought that I that I that I buried down I here. I thought his plan the whole time was to It was was to destroy the immortals. It was. Like he, he ultimately like kind of comes back and then it, it turns out to be a double cross. Right. So but he like he's, he volunteers to take care of the outsiders. The, what I'm saying is that he tries to it seems like he what his ultimate goal is, yeah, he's going to use these brute brutes as as I would imagine he saw them as hmm. as being like he was breeding them to be the the destroyers of this culture that he somewhat hated. I mean, obviously, actually totally hated, right? Yeah, that he was a part of. But yes. he makes a point. I'm trying to figure out if he knew that when these two cultures collided that the culture that he hated would be so enamored. By the by, by death? Yeah, like enamored. Like I did, think he knew that. You think so? I think he knew that. I think... Uh, the, the, the impression I got from 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 all the immortals in general is that like, like they kind of go about their business, they go about their day to days, whatever. But I feel like they all secretly want to just end this shit completely. The only person I thought didn't want anything to do with ending it was um, uh, the female lead's lover, mm-hmm. who leads the revolt to to find Zed and kill him. I feel like she was the she was the one that was really hardcore about keeping status quo maintaining it and let's talk about that a little bit this is the, this is the interesting irony of this film is that it? the the real slaves ultimately are the aristocrats because yeah. they're the ones especially her specifically they're the ones like ruling their lives over this idealistic idea that they are that they should uh stay in line with like cultural norms and 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 and, and be a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like the moment she sees Zed, she sees him as like you're a threat to our our way of life. You're a threat to the way that we conduct our day to day our lives. And and only friend, like as as we notice, is seems to be the cynic. It's just like this fucking culture sucks. I don't want to be a right. part of it. Uh, you know, I'm gonna introduce the Zed guy. In fact, I'm gonna use friend because I like the idea of him kind of fucking shit up. Well, yeah, friend and Arthur were were like working on this plot from the get go. It seems like right, you know, together they understand that they're that this this society that they have built, mm-hmm. um, it is has its faults and it should, probably should be destroyed. But she is the one person that kind of represents the idea that um. I feel like they're the ones that are kind of like the true slaves in in all of this. They're the ones that uh, they're they're slaves of their own prison that they created. Yes. Versus Zed, who you know somebody's oppressing him, they've oppressed somehow themselves right. in a weird way. And the irony is that she ends up with him. Yeah, no, she becomes ultimately free. She's the one person that, like, she she has the biggest character arc. I feel. Hmm. She's the one that embraces that that idea, defends it almost to the point of almost killing him, and then realizes how absurd it all is, and then takes her place as as like the queen, and then they have. I mean, can we talk about the ending? What yeah, the fuck is up with this kid? Ending. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what are they trying to do here? I don't know because because it left me wondering like what what world is this kid. Is he starting a new world? Walking into he's a he's the combination because, of these two cultures. Yeah, basically, yeah. basically the end the 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 end of what we see of the society is death. The commoners kill all the aristocrats. So then you have this 
utopian society that is basically brought back down to the same level as the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And then you have this, they, they, they create this child. I don't know. I don't even know how to take that ending. Cause it's like, is this child going to be a combination of the immortal and then the genetically modified Zed to be what? Like the perfect version. Like, like he, blade. He has the perfect. <laughs> he's just like blade. He, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He's got all the strengths of a vampire. None of their weaknesses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what I, I guessed it what you were trying to say was that that he was the first start at a new um uh a new society, a new world. Yeah, but like one that's combined, one mm. that is uh like their their consummation basically yeah, like, is yeah. a bringing of those worlds together to start a different world. After they turn into party city uh skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> Their uh, child goes on to 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 give birth to many many other new uh, by himself uh, apparently all right <laughs> all all encompassing all loving I assume I mean like we don't get an idea what kind of culture no, this family is gonna the, this, this kid m- but I think we get a good idea that if if if, if, if what, what they're trying to say symbolically is that if if uh, this this guy that was kind of supposed to be a brute and this woman that was supposed to be like this giant aristocrat or whatever come together and they make a child it was one that kind of bridges the gaps between those two cultures and then kind of brings everybody together. Yeah. That's what I'm guessing. But Total the movie, Romeo the movie, Juliet story. the movie totally doesn't, uh, I think the problem with the ending is we have to actually like surmise that we have to like well, try to con- kind of come to that conclusion because it doesn't give us enough. Wasn't she d- turned somehow into a mortal? Well, yes. Yeah, that's why she. Yeah, that's why yeah, she they, all, they all were. Yeah, the, so everybody was. I think that was. Yeah, it was like the start of a new generation right. of mortals. Like right. not none of the immortal bullshit no, going on. No, I, we're talking more about her aristocratical oh, yeah, ways she, she, compared to his beast. You know, he's a he's a wild man ways, and those two worlds coming together and the offspring of those two completely different worlds but it, what he would do but is he really a beast or is he a, like a, just a quick learner no he's not a, he's not, he's not he's any of that thing i, I mean that, that that's that's a construct of of his oppressors yeah they're the ones that that, yeah, that put I, him I, into that level and said I, that but so, keep in mind let's let's talk about something think, else do you also think it's something about religion in that oh, aspect. absolutely i mean there's all of that but there's also an irony on his side of his story too was that he thinks he's he's like the best part of this of his culture, he's the only one that's allowed to breed. He's the specially chosen one. Right. He's essentially God's. Yeah, he's Jesus. Yeah. Well, I mean, no. to his own people, I, I guess to some extent. I but... didn't see that correlation. You didn't see that correlation? No. He's he the gives cho- himself for. I mean, I can he's see the, the cho- messianic. He's, he's uh, the, yeah, he's the chosen connection. one. He was chosen by Arthur, who is God. He tells you he's God in the beginning of the film. I, th- I think, like, yeah, I think it's more along the lines of of, of w- what's ironic about it is that he can kind of relate to the aristocratic culture because what does he spend his entire time doing while he's in what is it the Badlands, Outlands, what is it called? I don't know what they're the called. Outlands. Outlands. He's reading. No, he's killing other fucking people. No, but and, no, he's spe- he's spending being the only person that's killing, allowed to. He's, he's, he's killing other killing. people under the guise of its gods. Will but yeah, only but, but, uh, but also that he's the chosen one that's allowed to carry the gun that he's allowed is, to be this is the, the weird oppressor. this is the weird part about his character and the why I think it's so confusing because yeah he spends a lot of his time killing but he also spends a huge bulk of his time towards the end of his life in the Badlands reading and learning and collecting knowledge yeah, once 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 the spark. That essentially what right. turns so, out to be Arthur. So he's yeah. completely doing manipulate, so, uh, to ma- yeah. manipulate him. He, yeah. So he's completely different from the rest of the people in that, it, or even in his clan in his society of warriors. No, but what, what I'm saying is that even he looks at himself as being above his own people. Right. I because agree. I'm the chosen one. I, I I'm allowed to have sex. I'm allowed to do these things, and then. Ultimately, like I think that even he kind of learned something about that. Mm-hmm. That even he learns, like, well, I guess I'm just as bad as he was a puppet, just as much as everybody else was. Everyone was a puppet. Right. I got this film just started getting good, right, guys? Are we That's getting good? Saying. Review That's might be saying. better than the film. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to. You already said four like three times, yeah. so I'm assuming you're giving it a four. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that. We don't know. I that. think we all know that. So all right. It's not going to be a four. Let's rate this mammer jammer, shall we? Mike, what do you want to rate it? I'm going to rate this uh, those weird flying 
Those line, we're flying stone heads. The Zardoz heads. Zar- Zardoz heads. Zardoz heads. heads. Okay. Let's start with Chris. I'm going to give this a two. Um, I, I do see a lot of what everybody's saying who seems to be have enjoyed the film here. Like I, I do get the you know that it can be magical or fan, fan, good fantasy or weird or surrealistic or you know there's always something to like something you didn't expect is going to happen in the film. But this movie was just a bit too slow for me, and I had a really hard time paying attention to the story in general. I thought Sean Connery's acting was good, and I thought the set design was good. Cinematography was. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, the set design, I think, was a little bit more impressive. But, like, overall, it's not a movie that I think I could go back and visit uh, very often. It's just a little too long for me. But it's not a terrible film. It just doesn't... It just has some things missing that would keep it exciting for me. So I'm going to stick with the two Zardoz heads. I'll go next. I'm going to give it 3.5. Uh, and I think that it's not a good film. <laughs> and that's the charm of it. It's uh, it's all over the place, man. Just like this episode. It, it's it's like That's why this episode's all over the place, because this movie literally is all over the place. Yeah. But it is entertaining to watch because, again, it is, I agree with Mike earlier in the show, like this is something that they thought was uh, with making this. I think they were thinking we were making f- fucking Hamlet over here. We Hamlet got this, too. yeah, for real. Like this is it. This is, this is the shit. Sh- Sean, you're winning awards. We're we're taking home the prize, and then you get this terrible, terrible movie. Uh, and it's it's fun. Like I was engaged the whole time. I had no problem watching it. Uh, pacing is a little slow, but yeah. I'm gonna say three point five. Three point five. Three. Is that what you said? Solid on that on that rating. Yeah, yeah he doesn't even know. <laughs> You know who wants to rate it. 3.5. Oh, and I I said earlier, it reminded me of another movie, and I was going to get back to that. Uh, Let me just put this in there. It definitely reminds me of Gentleman Broncos. I feel like they they took a lot of from this film. Like early sci-fi stuff? Well, I just feel like they took a lot of from this film as far as like just look and and some of the goofy storiness and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Definitely a better movie. Kyle? Yeah, I'm going to give this a two as well. I'm going to agree with Chris. Um, and I agree with a lot of what Chris said. I will disagree in terms of, well, I'll disagree with one thing you said. You said the cinematography was okay. I thought the cinematography was was pretty well done. They did a lot of cool things with slow-mo, reverse shots, um, unique angles, and interesting like uh, lighting and focus and stuff. I do agree the set design was awesome. Um, and acting from uh, Sean Connery, it's fucking... I thought it was really good for what he had to work with. That being said, Chris said, eh, it's kind of a slow, I don't know. I'm just going to say it. It's a boring movie. Um, I think the story is too convoluted and not interesting enough to keep me hooked. Um, I, you know, It's the thing. Like, God, I really think the concept and what's here could be great. Like, I feel like this is, this could be a gentleman Broncos. This could be something really ridiculous and silly and cool, but it just falls so flat when it comes to the story, the pacing, the dialogue. So it's two for me. It's, you know, one, one half a notch below middle of the road. Mike. The fact of the matter is, this film at its heart is a film about classism and about how uh, people can uh, become slaves to prisons of their own design just as much as they can uh, oppress others to become uh, uh, prisoners as well. What we got was fucking Zardoz, though. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, it doesn't really capture all that in a well in its well-meaning package as it wanted to um it, it's just it's just the the fact that it, it it had a lot of heart it had a lot of ambition the film unfortunately doesn't really 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 deliver in that way uh namely because it's almost like it it it's shot too far 
like just a little too far. Like Icarus. Yeah, like it just it, it just did like it, right from the opening scene when fucking Anthony is just like hello and he's talking to you like breaking the fourth wall mm-hmm. and trying to bring you into the story like you are somehow some sort of participant in it. Oh, I had a theory on that. What is it? What is My it? My theory Kyle? on that was up? the only reason that floating head that that intro with him talking exists is because if that didn't exist, it would make absolutely zero sense why Sean Connery shot this blue dude in the head. But since you know who the blue di- blue dude is prior to that, it actually constructs the story a little bit better. See? That's good writing. No, it's not. They <laughs> add, that, that, that's what they call a pickup shot. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 like, like going go into it. It, it, just, it just, it's a film... That like so many other cult films, like it tried to be this really deep thing, and it turned into just an absolute kind of a disaster, a happy a happy disaster, as you will. Um, I'm gonna give this film two and a half stars. Uh, the half is for what it tried to do. Uh, one star is for it's actually kind of a good watch, and I feel like the other star is because I don't want to give it. One and a half. I don't know. Like, quite honestly, like it—it's it, not bad. I would—I would suggest people to watch it. Um, you slept through most of this movie. No, I didn't. I actually the the very he end with one eye open, Kyle. The very end. The very end. It, I'm not gonna lie to anyone out there that hasn't watched this film. It's a tough watch, man. It's—it's it's kind of a marathon. Hmm. But it's a forced uh, march. If you get through it, like you'll have some stories to tell. <laughs> All right, guys, that's our show for this week. Make sure you follow us on social media at cultfilm underscore review on Instagram and Twitter. Also, make sure you follow us on Facebook like you have been. We really appreciate that. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and listen to the first 55 episodes on there. You can leave us comments, all that fun stuff. Uh, Did I say read us on iTunes yet? Do that if you haven't done that yet. You already said iTunes just now. I think I said YouTube. Oh, so run and go and rate us on iTunes. Also, uh, you can follow Kyle. You can follow me on Instagram at cultfilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris cultfilm underscore Chris on Instagram. And you can follow Mike Funny. at Mike Salustio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collector. That was a long ad. Let me just throw this <laughs> out there. We did get one review. Oh, we did. Do it. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, we're going to read that, that off. This is from S. Von Grimm uh, on iTunes. Gave us five stars. Says, uh, great reviews is the title. And glad to say my cult movie nights have been on point because of this podcast. Fuck that is yeah. awesome. Well, glad we can Fuck help. Yeah. Thanks, just Von Grimm. Remember to watch Zardoz. Yeah, check out Zardoz. Don't, don't invite any friends over for that one. <laughs> All right, guys. Remember, if you're going to join a cult, just make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next week. <laughs>